Good morning. If you are able, please stand for the reading of the gospel. Reading today comes from the gospel according to Luke chapter 9, verses 51 to 62. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them. But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. There are some things in life that we never look forward to. Two of those things are the following. First, preparing to say goodbye to loved ones who you may not be ready to say goodbye to. And second, being or feeling rejected and therefore not belonging. In today's passage, Jesus and the disciples experience both of these feelings. They are on their way to Jerusalem where they will soon be saying an unexpected and unwanted goodbye to Jesus. Luke makes it very clear in the first verse of this passage when the days drew near for him to be taken up. This is, in fact, a turning point in Jesus' narrative in the Gospels because up to this point, Jesus had been with the people. He had been healing the sick, casting out demons, feeding over 5,000 people and many other miracles. And the people were beginning to believe in Jesus. They were beginning to believe in his message that the kingdom of God had arrived through him. Yet here we are at this turning point where Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem, the city of David, the home of the temple, to be killed. He and the disciples are preparing for his death. But there's a problem. They have to pass through Samaria and the Jews did not like the Samaritans, and the Samaritans did not like the Jews. Even though they came from the same ancestors, 
In the eyes of the Jews, the Samaritans were traitors who mixed bloodlines with people they should not have mixed it with. They had therefore watered down their faith. The Samaritans, on the other hand, thought that they were, thought they were the true descendants of Abraham. This Jewish family was divided, and they worshipped separately. Even though they worshipped the same exact God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they worshipped separately. The Jews worshipped in Jerusalem. The Samaritans worshipped in Mount Gerizim. Jews and Samaritans, family, cousins, and unhappy about it, had little use for one another. So in this passage, when Jesus sent his disciples ahead of him, the rejection in the Samaritan village should come at no surprise. Jesus and his disciples were rejected. Sisters and brothers, Jesus was rejected. But Jesus knows rejection all too well. From the very day of his birth, Luke tells us that there was no place for Jesus in the inns, so he had to be born in a manger. Shortly after his birth, he was rejected from his own country when Herod sent soldiers and tried to kill him. He and his family had to flee as refugees into a foreign country. When Jesus came out as the Messiah, the anointed one, the one who would bring good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, freedom to the oppressed, the people rejected him to the point of wanting to throw him off of a cliff and kill him right then and there. Much of Jesus' life consisted of rejection. And rejection isn't easy, is it? There's a story of a young man who was in seminary who was secretly in love with his best friend. He spent most of his time in the library studying with his best friend, went to church on Sunday mornings with her, ate Chipotle all the time with her. Most of his free time was spent with his best friend. And he, after years of all this happening, he finally mustered up the courage to tell her how he felt about her. And he told her that he had developed an admiration of and an attraction to her. And he nervously but patiently waited for her reply. And when his friend replied, she replied with a smile on, his, on her face saying that she was also attracted to him but could not see herself with him. That young man felt heartbroken. He felt rejected and it hurt. That young man was me and that young woman was Stacy. Yes, you see that intelligent, beautiful, dazzling young lady over there. She rejected me when I told her how I felt about her. But Stacy is a wise woman. She had her reasons. And though this obviously has a happy ending, where I take a huge win. Not all stories end this way. Jesus' story doesn't. Rejection is real. And sometimes you want to avoid it at all costs, even if it means standing around idle 
in paralysis. And you know, sometimes rejection makes us angry. This is what happened in the case of the disciples. When the Samaritans reject Jesus, the disciples are angry and they want to call down fire on these rude, inhospitable Samaritans. This is an Old Testament reference to the prophet Elijah calling down fire on the prophets of the Babylonian god Baal. So the, the disciples want to get back at these Samaritans. They were essentially saying, you want us to rough them up, boss? Because we can rough them up right here, right now. You just say the word and it's done. But the disciples had forgotten what Jesus said earlier in the very same chapter. Wherever they do not welcome you, as you are leaving the town, shake the dust off your feet. No fire, no brimstone, no violence. Jesus simply refused violence as a penalty for rejection. Instead, he said, do nothing, leave, shake the dust off your feet. Then Jesus rebuked his disciples. Few times in the gospel does Jesus rebuke at all. He rebukes the wind during a storm. He rebukes demons. But rarely does he rebuke other human beings. But here he does. They will not do violence in his name. So Jesus dusts off his feet and continues to move forward. This is tough discipleship to be rejected, and to not act in violence or to retaliate, but to simply walk away. I know how difficult that is, and I am challenged this morning and reminded that the cost of following Jesus is not cheap. The very next verse rushes into another town where Jesus encounters someone who says, that they will follow Jesus wherever they go, wherever he goes. And Jesus' reply is both amusing and surprising. Instead of okay, saying, okay, that sounds good. I appreciate you following me wherever I go. I got your back, you got my back, it's all good. Instead, Jesus says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Wow. Jesus does not play around when it comes to being brutally honest. Sisters and brothers, Jesus is telling us that if we want to follow him and his teachings, we must be aware that at times we may face rejection. And at times we may not be welcomed. But the cost of following Jesus is not cheap. This story reminds me of the martyrs and heroes who followed Jesus even when their own laws and government prohibited them to. Dietrich Bonhoeffer is a perfect example of this. Bonhoeffer was a pastor during the Third Reich in Nazi Germany, and Bonhoeffer saw the atrocities that Hitler and Nazi Germany were committing against the Jews of his day. And instead of obeying the laws of his government, he obeyed the teachings of Jesus. Civil disobedience was the only way to stand up to tyranny in this case, and it cost him his life. The cost of discipleship is not cheap.
There was also Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who too chose love through civil disobedience and nonviolent actions in the face of rejection, racism, and discrimination. And it also cost him his life. The cost of discipleship is not cheap. Youth and young adults of the church who are going on the Pittsburgh trip, as you go and serve the least of our brothers and sisters, those who have been marginalized and many times left forgotten and unseen, remember that Jesus calls you to be witnesses of truth and love to those who have been rejected. As you go on your trip in the following weeks, remember that you are never alone, but the rejected God-human, Jesus, walks by your side. He knows any pain or fear that you may be carrying, and he carries us through the toughest of times. As you go and preach good news to the poor and freedom to the oppressed, remember to always be grateful for what you have. Remember that we are all human beings made in the image and likeness of God. We all carry the spirit of God within us. Look upon every human being that you encounter as a beloved sister or brother in Christ, redeemed by God's perfect love. A God who became flesh, taught us to love one another, taught us that love supersedes hate, and was killed for his actions. Yet you know the story never ends with death. Jesus lives, and because he lives, we too live. Remember to never reject anyone who approaches you in love, but love one another in the way that Jesus loves us. So go and be messengers of truth, and follow Jesus, remembering that the cost of true discipleship is not cheap, but it is worth it. Amen.